0: I'm gonna tell all of you my life story in four Bible verses or less. Number one, Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I went from a high school of 320 students to a college of 32,000 to go play football in front of 100,000. I was scared. So what I did, I wrote a verse, Hebrews 11.1, on my forearm. So every time I put my hand in the dirt, I read that verse. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It reminded me that God had plans, hopes for my life, and I needed to achieve them. Romans 4, verses 20 to 22. Now he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, gave glory to God, and was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. Some say that there's, less than a 1% chance of college players making it to the NFL. I didn't like my odds. A mentor told me that I had all that it took, physically, mentally, and all the ability, but I was missing one thing, I didn't have faith. God had opened up so many doors in my life. There was no reason I should have been at the University of Texas. There was no logical reason I should have been learning from a first round pick. There was no reason I should have started my junior year, but God had opened up all these different doors. And like Abraham, I wanted to follow God's plan and walk through the doors that he had opened. I had to strengthen my faith, I had to give glory to God, and I had to be fully convinced that his plan was true. That's belief. Romans 12, two. Do not be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. People warned me that the NFL changes you. The money, the fame, I didn't want the bright lights and the success to change me. So I decided to open up my Bible and hear truth. Cause God's word speaks truth in the midst of lies about money, fame, and success. God's word speaks truth and God's word transformed me. Amen. Well, thank you all so much for having me. The first thing I want to say, I didn't even plan on on telling you all this, but I just want you all to know that I've been praying for you all. Yeah. So my wife and I have been we've been praying and praying and praying for everyone who's going to be in this service. And so um, just know that the fact that you're in these doors, you've been prayed for, you've been prayed over. And that God has a plan for your life. So I want you all to just really, like I didn't plan on coming in and telling you all that, but, but, it, but it's true. So just know that. Um, so, I'm, so I'm glad to be here. My name is Sam Macho, as you heard in, in my life story. Uh, and uh, I want to talk to you all a little bit today about something that I've realized the last few um, years in my life. And it, it's this idea of rest. And here's what I mean by that. So, so just last week, I got a chance to do something I've never done in my entire life. 30 years old, never done this in my entire life, just last weekend, I went fishing. <laughs> I went fishing. and As you can see, you can see there's a, there's a picture of me, and my, I got my waders on, you know what I mean? I, I was loving it, so I'm fishing. I literally had never worn those before, I'd never been on a rowboat to go fishing. I, I went fishing, and, and I went fishing. The reason I went, I went with a group of men who, who for lack of better terms, we were burnt out. We were just burnt out business leaders, athletes, people in the marketplace, we were just burnt out pastors. We had this opportunity to go and to find rest. And, and it's funny, so I went on this trip, and it was a four-day trip. So from a Thursday to a Monday, a four-day trip. I'm gone for a weekend. My wife, I got three kids at home, so my wife's like, hey, if you're going, you better catch something, right? <laughs> and I did, and I did. As you can see here, I caught a crappie. I caught a crappie, right? So that's my, that's my man, Colton. Uh, you see there, I caught a crappie. I didn't want to. I, I mean, I didn't want to touch the crappie. I never. I didn't know. I mean, I know the fishing is cool, but the whole grabbing the fish was kind of weird. So I caught a crappie. I named the crappie Bobby. Don't ask me why. Named him Bobby, and later on, we actually went on to uh, dine on Bobby. You'll see in a second. There's a picture of uh, of me and the crew. We're, we're, we're eating. We're dining on Bobby. And so it was. But it was this interesting thing as I as I went fishing for the first time. I got a chance to, you know, it's hard. Fishing is hard. And and so I was there, and I was doing my deal. I was casting the reel, and I was trying to get it in. And people talk about reel it in, right? That's Reel it in, reel it in. I was trying to reel it in, and it wasn't working. And so finally, we were just going and going and going and going. And finally, we found a place, just a little dock. We found a dock. And so I hadn't caught anything all day. It was actually my second day going out to fish, because I had to go bring back something. And we finally stopped at this dock just to rest, just to chill for a little bit. So we're at this dock, and as we're at the dock, I, I get off the boat and I see a bunch of little fish just, just spawning. So they're right in the area. There's like 20 of them. I'm like, this is my chance. This is my opportunity. I'm not going to tell my wife this is how I got it, but this is how I'm going to get them, right? So I just, I just had my, my rod, and I was just bobbing, the, little, bobbing the, the hook right there, just trying to catch one of the crappie. So I'm bobbing, I'm bobbing, didn't get anything there, so I moved to the other side, and I'm bobbing, I'm bobbing, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And it was really interesting because I, I, I still wasn't catching anything, but I had to come home with something. And so I'm, I'm there and I'm bobbing and bobbing. All of a sudden I, ca- I catch one and I catch it, I catch it. I start reeling, I reel, and I reel. And my friend Colton comes and he grabs it for me, right? And I catch this fish. First day fishing, first fish caught, we named him Bobby. And I, and I caught this fish, right? But what, what happened after that was really interesting. After I caught this fish, it was almost as if, as if time had stopped, right? So, like, so I catch this fish and all of a sudden I catch it. I, we, they put it in the, in the, in the ice cooler and I'm back out there, and I'm ready for more. But it was just this way of like, I wasn't, like it, it didn't matter anymore. I was just relaxed, and I was refreshed, and I was just enjoying the opportunity. Another hour went by, and I'm still out there, right? At this point, it's like six or seven at night, and I'm just enjoying the opportunity. Wasn't thinking about work, wasn't thinking about football, wasn't thinking about life, just enjoying the opportunity. I, I, I probably would still be out there today, but, but one of the guys wanted to go home for dinner. So I was like, dude, we can go, right? But it was like this opportunity to find rest for my soul. I know a lot of people like golf, right? I never understood golf, but I understand like sometimes places like this you go and it's just peaceful. Got a chance to go and find peace. You know, one thing I understand is that not everyone can take a a four-day trip to to Montana. We were in Montana. Not not everybody can take a four-day trip to Montana. So I started thinking, okay, how do you actually apply this principle of finding rest to your everyday life? Because if you look at the scripture, right, you go through Genesis, right? Genesis chapter one, it talks about the creation story, right? In the beginning, God, God created the heavens and the earth. So he's working, right? He said, let there be light. He creates the heavens and the earth. He creates the stars and the moon and the sun. He creates land. He creates the fish. He creates animals. Then he creates Adam and Eve. All these work, 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 work. For six days, he works and he works and he works and he works and he works. And on the seventh day, God rested. Even look at the Ten Commandments, right? One of the Ten Commandments says, you shall honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. What does that mean? You should rest and so I said, okay, how do I apply this principle to my everyday life? So a lot of you know I'm a, I'm a professional athlete. I'm a football player. And so in our, in our profession, what I did is my second year in the league. I just earned a starting spot. So I'm the starter for the Arizona Cardinals. It's my second year in the NFL. And, and it may be like some of you all's professions where in the NFL, it's all about showing face. First one in the building, last one out. Extra workouts. Extra workouts watching extra film, studying extra plays. And so I, I figured that's what was, that was a job description, so I started to do that. Right? I'd earned the starting spot, so I'm working, I'm working. I'm going in every day, every day, every day. Um, and I was kind of getting a little bit burnt out, so it was, it was a point where I read the scripture. I stumbled upon that, that scripture of like Jesus and God saying, hey, find rest. I said, how do we do that in my everyday life? And so what I did is I decided to take an off day. Let me explain. So in our profession, so we play on Sundays, practice on Mondays. We're off on Tuesdays, but most guys go in and they do their extra film or extra lift, practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and repeat the whole thing over again. Well, What I decided to do is I decided to take Tuesday and rest. And here's what I mean by that. So I would actually go and I wouldn't even go into the building. I would just get out my Bible. So I'd wake up, get out my Bible, get out a notebook, Get out another book and just read and get in the word of God and journal and just sit and read God's word, write, and just allow his word to just permeate in my soul. You know, this is so countercultural in my profession because literally every single day you're supposed to be doing something. If you don't step in the building and show your face, the coaches feel like you're not working hard enough. And let's say you don't go in the building. Let's say if you're supposed to be doing community service in the community. And it was like, it's just this, this rat race. And I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to actually go and find rest, not only for my soul, but physical rest. I'm going to find rest. But I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you the real reason as to why I actually decided to take that off day. So let me backtrack for a second. So going into my second year in the NFL, it's our first game of the season. Like I said, I'd earned the starting spot, and we, uh, we were playing the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks with uh, Russell Wilson and a guy who y'all might know, Marshawn Lynch. Any Bills fans in here, former Bills? Uh, so Marshawn Lynch. And I had just blown up Marshawn Lynch, right? I had the starting spot. I just made a huge play going into the fourth quarter. I was playing every single snap on defense, every single snap on special teams. I was proud because I'm the hard worker. I'm the guy who's going full speed every play. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. So we're Going into the fourth quarter, we had a little bit of a TV timeout. And so we just finished second down, going into third down at a critical junction in the game. One score game, we're down by two points. Critical junction. Have this TV timeout. TV timeouts are all on the sideline. And I'm talking to one of my teammates, and we're talking, and we're talking. All of a sudden, he looks at me, and his eyes get big. Is that, you know, and, and he, Yeah, he's this guy, like, he's one of the guys who's like, his eyes are always kind of like this. I don't know if y'all know people like that. <laughs> Um, His name name is O'Brien, we call him OB, but his eyes are always like this. So he looks at me, and his eyes go like this. I'm like, dude, you're being a little weird right now. Um, And he's like, dude, what happened to your face? And I'm like, ha-ha, like, I'm ugly, you're ugly, ha, you know, like, whatever, right? (laughs) These little football jokes. No, he's like, bro, have you seen your face? What are you talking about? All of a sudden, he calls over the team doctor. And the team doctor makes the same face, like... And I'm like, all right, now, like, is this like a joke? Like, what's going on? And I, and I feel like my, my arm was itching a little bit, my face was kind of itching a little bit, but I'm like, what are you guys talking about? I said, OB, what is going on? He says, bro, your face is swollen. I'm like, what do you mean? I felt a little bit of itching. He's like, dude, your face is swollen. I'm like, what is going on? And so at this point, my face starting to itch, my arm is starting to itch a little bit. In the middle of the game, TV timeout, face is itching, arm is itching, and it's, it's getting swollen. And I'm like, guys, I need to get back on the field. My team needs me. It's a two possession game. I've been playing every play. I need to get back on that field. So whatever you need to give me, get whatever medicine, whatever EpiPen shot, just give it to me so I can get back on the field. So the doctor gives me an EpiPen shot and and I still feel a little bit itching at this point. Like there's about 30 seconds to go before the play is gonna start. So I'm going on the field. The doctor asks me a series of questions. He says, okay, Sam, is is your face itching? Okay, yes, it is. I need to get on the field. Okay, what else is itching? Well, my lips a little bit. Okay, that's fine, I need to get on the field. Okay, what else is itching? I'm like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. They say, Sam, is your throat scratching? And I'm like, no, my throat is fine, I'm good. At this point, I'm like halfway on the field. I'm like, why do you even ask? He says, dude, if your throat is itching, that means your throat is swollen, that means you won't be able to breathe. I'm good. Run on the field. Throw my helmet on. Get in my stance. And I just pray, God help. God help. So we finish the play, we end up winning the game, go back in the locker room and the doctors are trying to find out what's going on. So at this point I go through some tests, a series of tests, right, to figure out what was it? Was it the field? Was it maybe you got in contact with someone else's, something someone else rubbed on their skin? What was it? So the next week, so we do a couple tests, go the next week and the same thing happens. Going into the fourth quarter, all of a sudden, face starts to itch. Playing every snap. Same thing, doctor gives me an EpiPen shot, I get back on the field and I'm praying. At this point I started playing between, everything, between every single snap. God help me, because I don't know what's gonna happen next. Same thing happens week after week after week. And so finally, like I said, we went through a series of tests, we saw Homeopathic doctors, our team doctors, we saw dermatologists, we saw the best specialist in the world to find out what was going on. What was going on? And after a series of tests, the doctors finally found out what was wrong. So Dr. Cass, I'll never forget it. Dr. Cass, he looks at me, he says, Sam, you have a you have a, a, a disease, you have something called exercise induced I'm like, okay, what does that mean? He says you have exercise-induced angioedema. So in layman's layman's terms, I'm allergic to exercise. (laughs) And and I'm not talking about, like, allergic, like, you guys, I'm going to go work out. No, I'm allergic. No, I literally, if I work myself too hard, I start breaking out in hives. No joke. Like, the hitch, like, you've seen hitch Will Smith, like, those kind of hives. Right? And so what I had to do was what I had to start doing is every, I said, okay, what, like, what's my, what can I do? Because my job, I'm a professional, like, exerciser. <laughs> like, that's all that I do, like, for a living. And so I said, what do I do? And they said, well, two options. One, you either stop playing, which I wasn't going to do. Or number two, they said, we have a pill you can take. Two, actually, antihistamines. I'll show you right here. Alert, Allegra and Zyrtec. Every single day, you can take these pills. They'll keep your histamine levels down. But in addition to that, Sam, here's what I need you to do. Whenever you feel your body start to itch, your face start to itch if you're in a game, you feel yourself working too hard, we need you to rest. We need you to take yourself out of the game and rest. you got to imagine the mindset of, of a competitor, the mindset of a guy who had just earned a starting spot, who's playing every single snap, dreams have come true. We were, all those those games I was telling you about where I was itching, we were winning. So I'm out there and we're winning, I'm helping our team win. And they say, you need to rest for the benefit of your health. So what I decided to do is every game, right around that third quarter, before it went to the fourth quarter, if I ever felt myself working a little bit too hard or ever felt a little bit of an itch, I would take myself out of the game. Sit down for a few plays, let my body recover so I felt like I was better, that I'd go back in the game. You know, in that time, I realized that if you don't, if you don't take rest, God will give you Rest. I'm gonna say that one more time. If you don't actually take rest, God says six days you can work. I need you to rest. If you don't take rest, God will give you rest. Let me explain that a little bit further. So about about a year ago. About a year ago, I signed a a, a multi-year contract, right? I'd been on these these league minimum contracts pretty much my whole career. So finally, I signed this this multi-year deal, multi-year contract, and I finally made it. All that hard work had paid off. I made it, so we were getting ready to start the season. So we're getting ready, we're starting the season. I'm finally, once again, I'm the starter this time. The coaches are actually not even playing me in the preseason so I can be ready for the regular season. So things are going good, got a multi-year deal. It's my time to shine, it's finally my time. I'm in my eighth year in the league, this is my chance. Right, so I'm going, I'm going, and so the season, the season is getting ready to start. It's two days before we're gonna play the Green Bay Packers in the home opener. They made the cuts from 90, the 90-man roster to 53 guys, and I made the cut, all the hard work had paid off. So I'm thinking I'm going, as, going in as the starter. And all of a sudden, cuts are made getting ready for the, preparing for the week, all of a sudden I see a news, a news headline. Chicago Bears make a trade, trade two first round picks for outside linebacker, Khalil Mack. Buffalo guy, right? I play outside linebacker. So all of a sudden I go from the starter, from first string, I not only the second string, the third string. So I'm not playing in the games, number one. Number two, I'm not even practicing. Why am I not practicing? Well, Khalil had to learn the plays. Sam, you're a smart guy. You know the plays. Khalil needs to learn them, so he's going to get all the reps, and Khalil's going to learn the plays. Sit this one out. So I'm like, okay, well, God, it's all good. Like, I'll figure it out. Like, my time will come. We'll go, we'll go, we'll go right? But I'm also getting frustrated, right? I want to be on the field. If I, can't pra- if I can't play, let me practice. Now I'm not playing. I'm not practicing. I'm not on the field. What is going on? I'm getting frustrated. I'm praying, God, make it clear. What do you want me to do? What does he want me to do? We had a social justice deal. We were trying to start with our team. So I was getting ready to start this big nonprofit for our entire team. My teammates say, no, hold on, hold on, Sam. All right, God, but well, what is it? Right? Make it clear. I'm not playing. I'm not practicing. What do you want me to do? i pray that prayer. Two weeks later, be careful what you pray for, right? Um, two weeks later, playing, playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and on a typical, just a normal kickoff return play, I'm going to block a guy. All of a sudden, I feel a little bit of weakness in my arm. Stretch out to block this guy, tear my pec. Out for the season. Need you to rest. But knowing me, I'm still going to meetings and I'm, I'm showing up and I'm doing everything. I'm leading Bible studies. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, doing all this stuff. Well, a few months later, I had a friend. I lived in Arizona for four years. I played for the Cardinals. I had a neighbor, a mentor who lived right next door, and he would always teach me stuff. And he actually had gotten cancer. He was battling cancer, and it was getting worse and worse and worse. Well, a few months later, I get a call from this neighbor, and he's saying, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And so I actually fly out to go see him miss practice, which is unlike me, miss rehab, fly out to go see him in my land, and by the time I get there, he'd already passed away. So I lose a friend. A few months later at the Super Bowl, I'm there, and, you know, usually a lot of players go to the Super Bowl just to be around the festivities and sign autographs, et cetera. I'm at the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden I get a call from a neighbor. My house floods. few weeks later. So this one, I'm staying with a teammate, put myself in storage. A few weeks later, we had this, uh, we had this uh, almost like this marriage conference for a lot of our teammates, brought a lot of our teammates together. Bunch of guys got baptized. we were excited. We were loving it. We were so happy. I get back from this conference. I land in Chicago, I get a call from the general manager of the, of the Chicago Bears. Hey, Sam, I know we signed you to a two-year deal. and I know we're one year into that two-year deal. We're going to release you. We're going to move on. Rest. See, God had been telling me time after time after time after time after time, if you don't take rest, I'll give you rest. And it was this crazy feeling. It was funny because all this stuff had happened. And by the way, even during that whole process, my wife, we we have three kids. And after our last child was born, we were in the hospital and this is like right around training camp time, right around the Khalil time, the whole deal, in the hospital, baby's delivered, we're very excited, it's good. Couple, I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping that night, I'm ready to go to practice the next morning, I'm asleep in the hospital. Another thing that happened is after that, after that surgery for the baby to come out, I wake up about 12 hours later to a room full of doctors and nurses in the hospital, pushing on my wife's stomach. she had it, there, there were some complications. So she had to go for another surgery So it was like thing after thing after thing after thing. It felt like this storm, like it's never ending storm. But the crazy thing that happened in that whole process is that in the middle of that storm, middle of the almost losing my wife, pretty much losing my job, losing a friend, losing my house, I felt like like it was like this, uh, you know those snow globes that you you shake and you shake and you shake and you see the chaos all around but I felt like I was right in the palm of God's hand. You know, there's this verse in the, in the Bible, uh, in Mark chapter four, verse 35, it talks about this storm, right? If you don't mind, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it real quick. Uh, Mark 4, 35, it says this, it says, on that day when evening had come, you can see it on the screen as well. It says, on that day when evening, evening had come, he said to them, this is Jesus, he said, let us go across to the other side, and leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. Y'all see why I don't like fishing. (laughs) But But he, this is Jesus, but he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So imagine this real quick, right? So you're on a boat crossing over a river. All of a sudden there's wind and there's waves. There's a storm. Your boat has broken. Now there's water rushing into your boat. You're freaking out. You're not sure what's going on. Like, what, are we going to survive? Are we going to survive? Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Jesus is asleep. Jesus is asleep. So they wake him up. They wake him up. Jesus, Jesus, do you not care that we're about to perish? Makes me wonder what happens when we're in the middle of our storms. Lose a job, lose a marriage, lose a loved one. Not sure what's going to happen. I wonder this question, right? Is Jesus in your boat? Like, Who do you go to? Who do you turn to when this is happening? They say, Jesus, Jesus, do you not care that we are perishing? And it's interesting, his response, Jesus says, Jesus says, verse 39, it says, And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. Peace be still. You know, I find it interesting that we serve a God who will say to the wind and to the waves, I need you to rest. Hey, hey, storm, hey, lightning, hey, thunder, hey, hey, all this and that, peace be still, I need you to rest. But then when he commands us to rest, Take a Sabbath. Take a day off, right, from the worries, from the stress. Peace, be still. We're like, no, I'm good. I'll do it my way, right? I'll do it my way. But God, I feel like God is calling out to us. Not only the wind, the waves to us and saying, peace, be still. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. And I wonder how many of us in our storms know that he is God. You go to John, um, chapter, John chapter 10, verse 11. Because um, I, 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 when I think about this stuff, I think about like, how, like the reason why we try and always take the reins of our life. Like the reason why we always feel like we're the ones who are in charge is because we don't trust them. We don't understand that like we're just sheep and God's our shepherd. Supposed to follow him. Supposed to just be and allow him to just work with us and live with us. We're sheep. He's our shepherd. We're sheep. He's our shepherd. We're sheep. He's our shepherd. But oftentimes we want to be our own shepherd. We want to take take our reins and do our thing. We think we know what's best. But John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I am the shepherd. He says, I lay down my life for my sheep. I lay down my life for my sheep. He says, You don't have to be scared of the wolves or scared of the darkness. I am your shepherd. You hear my voice. You know my voice. I am for you. I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never turn my back on you. I am your shepherd. Peace be still. Peace be still. Psalms 23 says this it says let's put it up on the screen for us Psalms 23 says the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want peace be still who's in your boat when that storm comes and the wind and the waves and it's breaking who's in your boat peace be still the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. I had my soul restored last week. I had my soul restored last week. The Lord is my shepherd. Peace be still. So I have a question for you all who uh, who need your soul restored. Who needs someone in their boat they can call on, they can wake up. If I was on that boat, I'd be freaked out, I'd be scared. They would have died if Jesus wasn't there, right? They would have died if Jesus wasn't there. Jesus was in their boat. He woke them up looked at the wind and the way said, peace, be still, peace, be still, peace, chill out, chill out, calm down, I love you, I'm for you, I've been praying for you. You know my voice. John 10 says, you know my voice, my sheep hear my voice, my sheep hear my call. I'm the good shepherd, I'm not, I'm not going to trick you, I'm not going to fool you, I'm not going to deceive you, I'm not going to lie to you, you know my voice. And when my sheep, he says, when my sheep hear my voice, they follow me. When my sheep hear my voice, they follow me. It's this kind of love that's just like this unbelievable love. Like this love that a lot of times we don't want to believe, we don't want to understand, we don't think we're worthy of. It's an unbelievable love. And my only request, my only request, believe it. Believe it. Believe it. You know, Matthew 11, it says, verse 28, Matthew 11:28, 28, it says, Come to me, all ye who are weak. If you're weak and you're heavy burdened carrying this weight of the world on your back, you're trying to do it on your own, you're trying to make it, and all of a sudden you get an injury. All of a sudden you get a call, you lose your job, you get a, you're in the hospital with your wife, your husband, you lose a marriage, lose a child, lose a son, lose a daughter, you're carrying this weight of this world, and God is saying, Come, come, come. If you're weak, if you're a heavy burden, he says, I will give you rest. I think there's people in here that need some rest. I believe people in here who don't even know Jesus, they don't have Jesus in their boat. They have nobody to call on when the storm is coming, you're in the middle of this, this, this chaos. Peace be still, peace be still, peace be still. So what I'm going to do So I'm going to give you an opportunity now. If you don't mind, with all heads bowed and all, all eyes closed, I want you to just think about your life and think about if you have Jesus in that boat with you. If you do, he says, do not be afraid. Give me your weight. Give me your burden. I got you. I'm with you. I'm for you. But if you don't, 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 there is so much to fear. There is so much to fear. So if you've never accepted Jesus, if you've never had an opportunity to say, I want Jesus in my boat, right before Jesus left, he died on the cross, he rose from the grave, he left and he goes and he says, hey, I'm going to prepare a place for you. The disciples say, don't leave, don't leave. He says, I must go. You're my sheep. I must go. But I'm going to go, but I'm going to send you a helper, my spirit. And he will guide you. He will direct you. He will comfort you. Peace. Be still. So if you haven't had an opportunity to accept Jesus as your savior, if you want that peace, if you want to know what it's like to have freedom and have joy and to be able to rest, I want you to raise your hands if you'd like to have Jesus in your boat with you, amen, 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 amen. Raise your hand. If you want Jesus in that boat with you, all heads bowed, all eyes closed, you want that peace. And we're gonna pray this prayer, we're gonna pray, We're going to pray, Lord, I know my sins. I don't have to say it out loud, but God, I know, God, I know I fall short. God, I know I've sinned and I fall short of your glory, God. But I want to follow you. I want you to be with me. I want to live for you, God. I want freedom. I want to take this weight off my back. Peace be still. God, help. God, help. He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So confess and believe confess and believe, confess and believe. And so there's that group. There's another group here who, who have Jesus in their boat and they're still freaking out. And Jesus says, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? There's a group in here that I think they need to rest. So if you're in that group, just pray this with me. Don't have to be out loud, just pray, God, Give me rest. God, I know I want to get into your word, but I'm busy with work and with life and with family and with school and with jobs and with uncertainty and with fear. God, help. God, I need your peace. Peace be still. Open up your eyes. If you prayed that first prayer and accepted Jesus into your life, there's going to be men up here in the front, men and women in the front, that are going to tell you the next steps. What to do? I want you just to come up front. I'll be down here as well. Come up front. They're going to tell you the next steps on what to do now that you're part of the flock. Right? You're part of the flock. You can have peace. You can have joy. I want you to do that. If you pray that second prayer, I want you to understand that God is with you. Open up your word. Read this word. Read this word. Read this word. Read this word. Open up your Bible. Spend time with the Lord. Peace be still. And I'm going to close with this, and then we're done. Then I'm in my seat. All the dads in here, all the men in here, stand up. Dads, even men, stand up. If you're a dad, if you're a man, I don't even care. Stand up. Guys, we have a burden on us. Like, I know what it's like. I got two boys and a girl. And I was getting emotional backstage understanding the weight of Father's Day. Whether you have a a child or not, you are leading someone. And we need you to lead, man. We need you to step up. But leadership doesn't look like what you think it looks like. It's not this machoism. It's not I'm I'm the guy. I'm gonna do everything. Leadership sometimes means taking a back seat and trusting God. And so, if you're a man, I want you just to repeat after me. Say, I follow God. I follow God. I'm with God. I have no fear because God is with me. I have no fear. Because God is with me. Peace be still. Say it. Peace be still. Peace be still. still. So I'm going to pray over the man and then Rob's going to come up. God, I pray for these men. God, that you would lead them in your righteousness, God. That you would lead them in your paths. God, I pray for the women as well, Lord. That you would help them to, to follow you, God, to have that peace that you're talking about. Peace be still, God. I know it's Father's Day. I understand that, God but you're a God of every day, God. Peace be still, God, give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thank you, Sam, for that great word of encouragement for everyone in this room. Not only those who don't, have never met Jesus as Savior, who don't have Christ in your life, Um, in your boat, but those of us, many of us here who do, every day is an opportunity for us to acknowledge that we don't run the world, to acknowledge that we cannot live this life on our own, to acknowledge that we don't control um, not just the weather, not just our health, not just the economy, but we don't control um, our hearts and our minds. And we have an opportunity to acknowledge that God is our shepherd, that he is way ahead of us, and he can not only, I'm sure this is the point of that amazing um, account in, in Mark that you shared, he not only can still the, you know, it, the 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 phenomenon of the weather, right? Something that's dramatic and powerful, but the... Um, the weather of our own hearts, the storms of our own lives, um, He can still those. So thank you for that great word. Thank you for that encouragement. And I'm going to have Pete, wherever you are, if you come on up here, and and Josh or or Jack, come on up and just stand here. I want want to take Keith, maybe you as well, if you wouldn't mind. And if you did pray to receive Christ, I'm going to close us, tell you what's going on, but take advantage of this day, okay? Jason, wherever you are, if you'll come on up here, um, uh, don't rush out the, the door. If you cr- trusted Christ as your Savior, Sam was quoting from the Bible, right? If you, but if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that's a simple way of saying if you, if you acknowledge that you can't do life on your own, you acknowledge that you're a sinner, you have failed in your life and acknowledge that the weight that you carry around, as Sam was talking about, God God has sent Jesus Christ to bear the burden of the weight, to bear the consequence of your sin so that you and I might know true forgiveness. This is the gospel. The gospel is not, you know, work your way to Uh, Acceptance with God, right? Be an approved human being before God, like you were talking about sports. You know, if you work hard enough, God will accept you. You'll make God's team. No. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And when we realize, he says, it's what I have done for you. Jesus died on the cross. He paid the price, not for his sin, but for mine, for yours, the sin of the world. And it's, it's realizing that. It's taking that deep breath of rest and receiving the gift of God and saying, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for bearing my burden. Thank you for calming the storms in my life. This is the grace of God. This is the salvation. So if you prayed that prayer, don't, it's, it's, not, it's not something to be shy about, it's something to be um, grateful for. I want you to come forward as everyone else is heading out the doors. Pray with one of these men, myself, even Sam, before you say hello to him and tell him you love football, let the first uh, folks who want to pray a prayer with him, allow someone to pray over you. Let us help you take a next step. Amen? Okay, now for the rest of us, um, I just checked my phone, Okay. It's God is with us, and it is not raining outside, right? And uh, we are, um, I said to Sam, is this, sorry, we didn't have better weather for him. He says, this is just like Chicago. It's nothing, right? I'm nor. This is normal. But it is dry out there, and I hope you'll um, enjoy the food. It's all starting up right now, Jason, right? There's food. There is a little obstacle course that everyone can do, kids and dads and, 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 uh, and ladies and everybody, and there's the car show, of course. Go out and vote for a car. Have some fun, food. Yes, you can throw an ax, whatever that means. But uh, uh, do it all. Enjoy the day. Um, but d- come forward. Even if you just want prayer for any reason, that's why we're here. Let me pray for us and dismiss us. Father, thank you for this morning. We love you. We thank you for being our shepherd and our Lord. And we just pray that you would speak to every person in this room, man, woman, student, Um, young and old, that you are our shepherd, and may we hear your voice and follow in Jesus' name. Amen.